The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, this is Big Sexy Kevin Nash, and you're listening to The Rough House. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet-purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast, courtesy of the Realm Network, here at the Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling. And expanding people, too. And all people. Hi everybody! Hi, hello! Hey! Hi! Welcome. Hello! Uh, what, is, what is your sweatshirt? Tiger? Tiger, tiger fever? Driver. Tiger driver? Tiger driver? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, uh, this, you didn't go to Towson. What is this uh, going on no, here with no, the tigers? No, no. Uh, fine folks at Pollyanna DIY. Uh, they, okay. they, they do fine wrestling and wrestling related tees. And uh, when this popped up, actually, uh, it. it I, unexpected uh, for me, it included a, a pin of uh, Dynamite Kid and a pin of Tiger Mask. So, oh, nice. Yeah, nice little bonus. Hit him up on the Instagram and the Twitters and the whatnot. Tell him the Rough House sent. Yeah. Um, you'll get absolutely nothing off your No, no, off no. You'll get nothing off, but hey, maybe they'll send us free shit. So, you know. Um, Do you enjoy uh, free shit? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but hi, folks. Uh, it is uh, another Sunday in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, we've got a hell of a New Japan show that went down in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got the ever-changing landscape of the WWE uh, behind mm-hmm. the scenes, uh, plus a WWE on screen that seems to be holding on to the status quo with a terrible road bump on the, ra- on the way to WrestleMania uh, on the way. Uh, AEW is doing all sorts of fun stuff. The XFL is back. Uh, much mm-hmm. to my co-host's chagrin, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, as always, the world of wrestling is wacky. Do you, do you want to try to get stuff we aren't excited about out of the way, or should we try to kick <laughs> off with some enthusiasm, Chris? I mean, there's what, what's excitable these days, you know. There's a uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's get all the all the dreck out of the way. Okay, so uh, WWE wise. Uh, really, if you had not watched Raw or SmackDown, uh, you didn't miss uh, a ton. Uh, Ruby Riot's back, which I'm sure uh, moves the needle for like five people. Uh, yeah, and she attacked Liv Morgan, so yeah. her old uh, old stablemate. So you know, uh, cool. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing this means that the uh, Bob Lashley Rusev Lana Liv angle is done. Well, allegedly, uh, Big Rusev's off TV right now for a contract dispute. Yeah, is what I read. So yeah, definitely, definitely looks like that bit's over. Thank God. Yeah, uh, 
Angel Garza got bumped up to Raw. Basically, he is serving as the non-union Mexican equivalent to Andrade for the next few weeks. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> to be fair, everyone in the WWE is the non-union equivalent of someone at this point. This is true. That being said, uh, I do love me some Angel Garza. Sure. So happy to see him, you know, get a chance to to shine up on Raw, cut a bit of a little bit of a promo. Obviously, he's got uh, history with Umberto Carrillo, being that it's his cousin, and they're uh, all under the same Garza family tree. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of family trees in Mexico. Yes. The, the, uh, Me- Mexican the, wrestling the, the, is very much a family business, it seems. Yes, very, very much so with your Guerreros and your um, uh, Mysterios. And uh, there's a lot of juniors and and, mm-hmm. and uh, sons of Iho's Day and, yeah. and, and things of that nature. A lot has passed on. You know, I think uh, La Parca's son is going to take over the, the mantle of, uh, of, of La Parca. Yeah. Yeah, you know, officially one of the not L.A. Park or La, I don't know. It's all confusing. As well, shit. I was to say L.A. Uh, Park's son works as El Hijo del L.A. Park in MLW. Is that the one you mean, or do you mean I Triple A La Parka's son? I don't know. Okay, okay. <laughs> somebody who's a son of somebody who was La Parka. So that could be <laughs> ten different people, as far as I know. I don't know. I, and uh, I'm sure there are dozens <laughs> of others. Just strewn across the uh the mexican uh landscape right exactly so to circle back gars is great um you know if we can't get andrade because he got popped for a uh uh what do you call it a A uh enhancement yeah Yeah. wellness violation some kind of a illegal enhancement sort of situation happening with him uh maybe it's that blue chew maybe he's just trying to have a good (laughs) night with charlotte yeah you know charlotte uh the the her what brother-in-law is conrad thompson yes, yeah or something like that so you know he's feeding some blue chew up in that uh, up in that fam damn you know what so I, he, I i like this i like this conrad conspiracy theory he's, yeah he's a sleeper agent the for AEW. Yeah. he's he's given <laughs> he's given andrade uh some some spiked blue chew Mr. Vince, Mr. Vince, I cast the blue chew from my uh, my girlfriend's brother-in-law, and uh, he he spiked it. He did. I didn't know it was there. <laughs> Jesus, Mr. Christ. Vince, may may you never do that Andrade impression ever again. On show. I don't even I don't even know what that impression was. <laughs> it was just. By the way, average WWE fan, gun to head, do you think they could tell you who Angel Garza is versus Umberto Carrillo? Without having little crayons underneath the knee. Oh, like telling the two apart? Yes. Somebody who hasn't watched NXT or anything like that, you mean? Average WWE fan, you just put them, you know, two 8x10s in front, non-labeled. Right, yeah, you would think uh, the guy with the name Angel, uh, as opposed to Angel, uh, yes. would be the good guy, but no, no not so much. No, no. Not, not so much. He's the uh, he's the other shoulder devil uh, sort of thing. But um, he played double duty this week as well because he yeah. had a match on uh, on NXT he as did. well. And surprisingly enough, like you know, he had his match with uh, Swerve, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he beat Swerve, which was a good fun match. Yeah, and then he cuts a promo talking about how. You know, he wants his cruiserweight championship back. Uh, Jordan Devlin was in the building, had a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Devlin beat Tyler Breeze and what was a really good match as well. And then nothing happened. I'm like, yeah. why Why wouldn't? The reason what? why nothing's happening is because Angel Garza is playing the role of Andrade for the next uh, But then why even have point? him cut a promo earlier in the show, set up something with Jordan and then not pay it off? 
because they'll pay it off in three weeks once he's done playing <laughs> playing the role of Andrade. Right. Okay, uh, you, hey, look, we bitch and moan about wanting long-term booking, and we're going to vaguely <laughs> get it. Vaguely. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, I concede. Angel spe- Garza's dope, though. Speaking of weird-ass booking, so as predicted, uh, we are now moving forward with uh, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. Uh, I, 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 there's some other weird bookings to talk about, but... Let, yeah, let's that's get, not where I thought you were going. Yeah, with this, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's that, get, that's hence my heavy sigh. <laughs> yes. Let, we'll, we'll get to that one. So Rhea Ripley showed up on Raw to challenge Charlotte, which right. interesting is shoe on the other foot scenario. Yeah, that's not how the Royal Rumble works. No, no. But you know what? I'm fine with it. I, I like the idea of Rhea Ripley sort of taking charge where this sort of started to fall off the, the back of the truck for me, though, is the idea of Charlotte showing up on NXT. And again, I know they were trying to pop a rating fine, Mm -hmm. but then basically this whole match is kind of, uh, at the expense of what's coming up at takeover. Yes, exactly. So you have Bianca Belair in there with Rhea and Charlotte and then Rhea and Bianca team up on Charlotte. Like, mm-hmm. unless they're going to call an audible and do Bianca against Charlotte because Bianca wins the belt in Portland in a week from today, uh, I don't really I don't really get it. Like, it almost feels like that they could have waited the two weeks to start this process. But instead, we're just getting this weird half-assed angle that kind of fucks over another match. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I mean, sure, there's a sliver of a chance that uh, Bianca Belair could win the title from uh, from Ripley uh, next week at Portland. But I really, you know, the, 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 the push for Rhea has been in the works a little longer, mm-hmm. you know, going back to at least Survivor Series. Right. When when she had and and um, war games the night prior and things, you know, have been going up for her since then, of course, winning the title from Baszler and, and things of that nature. Bianca Belair really has really only gotten the push for a couple of weeks since the Rumble when she had a great showing in there. Um, so, you know, like I said, I, it could happen, but I, I, I don't think it will. And I think, you know, at this point, there's more money in uh, Rhea versus Charlotte. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and that's not to say I don't think a Charlotte Bianca Belair match would be great because I'm I've been on team Bianca Belair for a bit now. Um, but, you know, I, I, as for right now, uh, I don't know what it is with Bianca Belair. She's just kind of always the bridesmaid down there, yeah. either to the expense of Shayna and now to Rhea. It's just somebody's just a little bit more over. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 very weird. Like. I appreciate the fact that they're almost recognizing how over she is and therefore trying to insert her in this. But oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, but at the same time, it, it it feels like it's it's subtraction by addition there. It, it, it really sort of hurts both storylines to have them intersect like this. Agreed. Um, agreed. But Charlotte, but, you know, it, she, they went nuts for her down there. Um, yeah. Can't really say it popped the rating too much because the ratings were pretty similar to what they were the week before. But uh, Charlotte was Charlotte segment apparently was the most watched, so they've, okay. they've got that going for it, which um, is nice. Yeah, so uh, you know credit where credit is due. Charlotte Flair is apparently a draw, um, but <laughs> but shocker among shockers. Yeah, I know. yeah, one of the most pushed women ever. <laughs> turns out yeah. people watch TV with her on it. Um, yeah, huh. so. Hmm. So I, she had ass. Well, you and Andrade both, friend. So <laughs> he's the, still knocking the bottom. Out. That's oh. what happened. Andrade knocked the bottom. 
That's what it was. That's where her ass went. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't Bram, whoever the fuck, you yeah, know, Bram. was her ex. Was it Bram? Okay. It was right. Bram. Yes. He's the one who, uh, like, got physical with her, right? Yep. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 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 And unfortunately, Charlotte didn't pull her dad's tactic and blade before the cops got there. <laughs> <laughs> Have you learned nothing? <clears throat> oh, man. Sorry about coughing into the mic there, folks. Uh, so. Quite all right. So really, for as as much as I can sort of take apart, oh, this, you know, this mania storyline's kind of fucking up the NXT thing, the bigger ab- albatross around WWE booking's neck right now is the Saudi Super, Super Showdown show, which I believe yeah. is our fifth Blood Money show. Um, a little bit more on that in a moment when we talk about mm-hmm. the financial stuff that came out. Again, financial analysis by two idiots coming at you yes. very shortly. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting so, bated breath over here. So they started the build to Super Showdown. And so far what we are getting is, as Chris appropriately starts <laughs> to get into the booze, is, uh, hey, remember, oh, Grandma, yeah. r- remember how uh, uh, Richard O'Shea, a.k.a. Ricochet, uh, Got all up in Brock's face right before the Rumble, and then basically it was paid off in so much as Ricochet kicked Lesnar in the balls during the Rumble? Yes, I do remember. Good news, they're going to have a match against each other at Super Showdown. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I know Ricochet won a number one contenders match, but really this is all built around, hey, remember a few weeks ago with the ball kicks? So You know, uh, there's a few things Vince McMahon likes more than... Football's in the groin. Uh, yes. Kicks in the dick. Uh, you know, yeah. remember Shinsuke Nakamura's 2017. Yep. Um, so, okay. I mean, good for Ricochet's getting a high-profile match. Totally. Um, bad for Ricochet's, you know, the latest uh, person to get fed to Brock Lesnar. But you needed somebody in there. That, you know, hey, if I'm trying to silver line this, it's a fresh matchup. Flippy Ricky's getting a shot on the mm-hmm. on the big time against the big guy. Brock picks and chooses who he wants to work for, and I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, uh, he'll be a, a fine base for Flippy Ricky to do his flips to do's. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, I mean, I'm not going to watch the show. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, uh, no. at a principle. On, so, you on, know, on paper, I would be infinitely more interested in this match if it wasn't going to be in front of a disinterested Saudi Arabia crowd. Right. Do, do any of these people in Saudi Arabia know who Ricochet is? I mean, yeah, probably not. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, hey, it's a little dude who is uh, doing corkscrews and moonsaults and six thirties yeah. and, and, and fun stuff. OK, here's him getting caught into a German suplex. Here's him getting caught into an F5. Yeah, here's him getting caught into another German suplex and rinse and repeat. OK, fine, whatever. And And the part that's also weird in like two weeks after that show, we're going to have the elimination chamber and they've done fuck all set up for that. Yeah, uh, that's, that's in Philly too, right? Yep. March 5th, I believe. Um, okay. so yeah, just a, a few weeks away. So yeah, uh, I don't really know what's going to happen with that one. Um, but, uh, continuing on the awfulness of the super showdown card. Hey, uh, Chris, do you remember at Royal rumble when there was a blow off match between, uh, Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin? I remember it not so fondly. Yeah, but, but <laughs> I remember, remember being in a, a ridiculously overbooked um, match through the crowd at uh, uh, Minute Maid Park or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, but remember how Roman Reigns won clean? 
I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. with the spear on the uh, on the home team dugout. Yeah, oh, the same home team dugout that was used in a uh, massive cheating scandal <laughs> two years prior. Well, do you remember how five days later, to blow off the feud, they finally had the six man tag match between Roman Reigns and the Usos against. Uh, Baron Corbin and his goons, where the I, losers had yeah. to uh, eat dog food, and Baron Corbin I, I cover with dog food. I recall hearing about that. Definitely did not watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that was the end of it. It's over. Nope. Kaput. Nope. We get over. Book closed. Cage match coming at you. Super showdown. Roman Reigns against King Corbin. Cool. 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 Yeah. Cool. 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 <laughs> see, Great. See, had the the false count anywhere match been a cage match? You know, to make sure that. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler and the Usos can't get involved in the match mm-hmm. would have been fine with it. Would have made total sense. Yeah. Instead, we're getting that version of the match in Saudi Arabia. Cool. Again, I'm not watching. So fine. Yep. It's in a void. It's in a vacuum. It's, it's, it's its own fucking thing. Um, God, it's just, ugh. Yeah. Just how well, long has this been going on? Well, gr- great news. Here's uh, some more from that show. We're actually getting the second ever, first ever women's match in Saudi Arabia. This one's going to be the first one for a title, as Carmella is going to be going against Bailey for the SmackDown women's title. Great. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Great. Well, That's fantastic. Well, Good for I, Carmella. I, I know you're stoked. Here comes a big one coming out of retirement, making his big return. <laughs> Goldberg popped up on SmackDown this week. Well, sorry. Mm-hmm. Goldberg showed up in a pre-taped segment that was quote-unquote live via satellite on SmackDown sure. this week. Mm-hmm. And he is going against The Fiend. Okay. The fuck? I mean, why... <sighs> Is it's a title match? I would imagine he's yes. the universal champion, right? Yes. Okay, with the blue belt and everything, because he's on SmackDown. Well, to be fair, at the time the belt will be the weird face belt. That's true. Touche. Uh, but in like the promo photo, they used that he had the blue belt. So make fair. up their fucking mind. Fair. Anyway, why? I'm just I'm I'm I've been trying to think and figure out why this is happening. Well. I, I think I have an answer for you, Chris. Okay. Uh, got... Is it because of Bray Wyatt's tattoo that was inspired by Goldberg from uh, 1989? Uh, no. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw out a random guess here, uh, and I could be completely wrong. WrestleMania, coming at you from Tampa, Florida. Uh-huh. Goldberg defending the universal title against Roman Reigns. Spear versus spear. Once in a lifetime. Oh, God. So, oh, oh, I hate that even more. <laughs> I hate that even more than, than I could possibly imagine. Okay. So, Which one's more powerful, Chris, the jackhammer or the Superman punch? Kayfabe? <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'd probably have to say jackhammer. Um it certainly but, put down more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, man, so uh, I, I don't 
I don't love a full-time current wrestler. Now, this has been the talking point for the past however many years we've been doing this fucking show. I don't like a part-time wrestler beating a full-time wrestler for one of the major belts. I just I, I don't enjoy that. Yep. Um, Goldberg, this just screams of Fastlane 20, whatever the fuck it was, when he beat Kevin Owens in, you know, six seconds to, to win the title to go mm-hmm. on to have, admittedly, uh, a fun seven-minute match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania that year. Yep. Um, but you, has Kevin Owens really fully recovered? No. At all? No, he's never been then? the same since. Yeah. Um, you know, Bray I- Wyatt or Fiends kind of have his own little special thing going on here. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to... Toss that know, right in the shitter. Yeah, for for a spear and a jackhammer after the hell in the cell where he went through everything after the strap match after mm-hmm. everything that the fiend has done, you're just gonna spear jackhammer one two three and then that's 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 it, huh? Okay, sure. Cool. I mean, it, it's an incredibly lose lose situation because it is. So the why fucking match? Sorry. Yeah, uh, dude, I I'm I am one thousand percent with you Sorry. on this one. No, it's Sorry. okay. It's okay. Uh, the nerd rage is allowed here. That's what we bring to you here at the Rough House. Um, if Goldberg loses, effectively, if they try to do the whole, uh, you know, legend looking for one last run thing that basically the the rumored pitch for Paul Heyman at, for Goldberg has been, it, no one's going to give a shit. I mean, people like us, you know, the, the smarky types already don't give a shit. The average fan will, over time, give less of a shit because you will have shown him on a regular basis to lose. So it's just one of those things where you kind of go, like, what's even the point? And uh, this is one of those matches where I think everyone involved is hurt by being involved in it. I think the the smarter choice for a match uh, for Saudi Blood Money 18.5, whatever the fuck it is, would be... Uh, Goldberg mm-hmm. and little Goldberg against Braun Strowman and the fucking kid that he won the tag titles with at WrestleMania 33. <laughs> that's 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 the mixed tag match I want to see. I want to see is, Goldberg's is Goldberg's... chunky little tween with his uh you know wearing a uh, wearing a, a uh, t-shirt into the pool uh, chest. That I know all too well because that was fucking me. Okay, in the, shopping in the husky section. <laughs> I want to see husky Goldberg out there against uh, John Cone's kid and Braun Strowman. That's that's that might get me to to watch Blood Money in the Jungle. I mean, this is gonna sound terrible, but like it, it's is is Goldberg Junior. Little little G, if you will. Is I will not. Uh, <laughs> Is he going to be imprisoned by Saudi Arabia for taking his shirt off in the ring? <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got an A cup. You yeah, know, they don't like any kind of any kind of boobies. Yeah, exactly, out there. exactly. You know, if if Mabel were still around, he'd be forced to wear a shirt in Saudi Arabia. Oh, Mabel wouldn't be allowed to get on the flight. They just look at him and go, "No, them Taddy's too strong." No, not sorry, sorry, Big Daddy V. It, yeah. it ain't happening today. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry, Big Meaty Boy, you can't bump meat tonight. Not happening. <laughs> Uh, big meaty boy no bumping meats in saudi arabia <laughs> so so saudi arabia chris fun, yeah fun thing came out this week oh um, great more yeah so uh we're we're gonna do our best to try to talk about uh the 
the WWE Q4 financial stuff at high level because, again, we're idiots. We don't understand if, things. If there's anything I'm an expert on, yes. it's money. Yeah. See my tens of thousands of dollars of debt. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm talking about here. So uh, so one of the things that came out in the, the actual uh, dis- distribution to stockholders is mm-hmm. – is if I'm reading between the lines correctly, the Saudi Arabia shows basically moving forward are listed as being paid whenever Saudi Arabia wants to get around to paying for it. So does, doesn't this lend credence to the uh, all the rumors that were circulating the last Saudi show and people couldn't leave until there was a, a confusion with payments and things of that nature where Vince, Triple H, and Brock hightailed it out of there and left everybody hanging dry on the tarmac in, in the KSA for 14 hours? Certainly does. Certainly okay. does, Chris. But all hey, right. hey, 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 Corey Graves told us we were all wrong, so. Oh, God. Fuck Corey Graves. Um, if there's if there's one person I believe to tell me anything uh, as a straight shooter, uh, not a work. It's fucking Corey Graves. Fuck that drip. But the other big thing, the other big question mark sort of looming overhead for us as fans, question mark, and you as fans, period, <clears throat> exclamation point, uh, is the future of the WWE Network. Because yes. uh, Vince McMahon, both in, the again, the documentation shared with stakeholders and also the financial call that he did, basically put it out there that the pay-per-views are being shopped around to other streaming services. So no one really knows for sure what this means, whether, it, it, you know, whether anyone has any ideas what streaming service it would go to. There was a rumor CNBC said something about it being Amazon that's been shut da- uh, shot down. Um, a, a good guess from a lot of people is Peacock because of the existing NBC Universal and WWE relationship. But okay. what people don't know is, is this a scenario where, OK, they're going to take, let's say, $150 million for the rights to all of the pay-per-views. Okay. Does this mean it's going to be a UFC-style situation where, and I don't know if you know how this is how it works now, Chris, but to watch a UFC pay-per-view, because ESPN bought the rights for the pay-per-views, right. you have to pay $10 a month for ESPN+. Plus. Right. And then to actually watch the pay-per-view, you have to spend $60 on top of that for each individual show. Yeah. If you think, uh, Vince thinks that uh, somebody or people like ourselves teetering on the edge of fandom for the WWE are going to be dropping 60 big ones for Extreme Rules or TLC, or Hell in a Cell, which are essentially the same fucking pay-per-view, just in different months. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, you, at this point, uh, you're just fucking wrong. Because one, we became accustomed to getting them included with our Mm $9.99. And two, the product has become such shit that it's not uh, making making any of these shows a can't-miss situation they're very easily missed uh at this point and to the fact that i'm paying 10 bucks a month and i don't think i've watched a full pay-per-view uh outside of the big four in fuck six plus months right at this point right so boy oh boy uh as of every you know i keep saying i'm gonna cancel i'm gonna cancel i'm gonna cancel and pretty much the only thing keeping me subscribed to the network right now is takeovers 
Um, mm-hmm. Same. Because the NXT Weekly Show, I can get on Hulu. Yep. You know, my Hulu's for free with my Spotify. Uh, sure, I got some commercials, but whatever. Uh, I watch it on the weekend. I'll catch up on a Saturday morning, whatever. It's it's the takeovers. And if they get put behind a different tier, uh, why why am I why am I even putting out ten bucks a month? I'm already questioning that mostly. Yeah, and and that is sort of the follow through, which is okay. Let's say instead of spending ten dollars on the WWE Network to watch the archive and the new live shows and NXT and all those things. What if $10 for the network gets you the archive, gets you NXT, but that's it. And instead, if you spend $10 to get, say, Peacock, you get the pay-per-views. I don't know about you, but that just means I'm moving to Peacock and I'm dropping my WWE Network subscription full stop. I couldn't tell you the last time... I. Excuse me, I watched an archive show. I, yeah. I honestly, it's been years. Yeah, it's it's been since I've watched anything, well. you know, any like SummerSlam 85 or whatever. I don't fucking care. I'm not watching any old WrestleManias, really. Yeah. Uh, actually, okay. So the last time I watched a portion of a show was after, <coughs> it was like after a, uh, uh, fuck, what was it? It was like one of those documentary shows they talked yeah. about. Uh, Brock and um, uh, the the Brock uh, Roman Reigns match at 31 where Seth cashed in and mm-hmm. they were talking about that so then I was like okay it's been a while since I watched it I went back and watched that main event which is still fantastic one of yeah. the best Wrestlemania main events of all time um, aside from that uh, I, I really couldn't tell you the last time I any, watched anything archived on the network. I'll catch every now and then if it's somebody I care about. I'll I'll watch uh, uh what do you call it? Road Trip or um, mm-hmm. whatever uh, Chronicle or shows like that. Yeah, you know, a table for three. If I like the three guys on there, mm-hmm. um, that's the kind of things that I enjoy. I like them, you know, inter- the superstars interacting with each other and and things of that nature. Um, I think the latest Road Trip thing, whatever, what's it called? Is it called Road Trip? Yeah, I don't even yeah. remember what it's called. Is that what it is? I, okay. I believe it is. Yeah, I don't even know. But they have like Corey Graves. As soon as they say Corey Graves, I'm like, oh, not not fucking watching that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, fuck Corey Graves. So I really don't see any kind of value in the WWE Network as it stands. You know, right now. So the rumor, of course, the other side of everything is that allegedly, and this is something that's been talked about for a while now, is that they're going to be acquiring libraries and and airing mm-hmm. pay-per-views mm-hmm. from other um, indie organizations, Evolve, which they've already aired one Evolve pay-per-view mm-hmm. on there. Uh, WXW, I think, is one. Maybe uh, Progress, Progress and uh, I believe uh, Scotland's ICW is the other yeah. big one. Uh, so... Uh, yeah. Honestly, for me, that doesn't move the needle, yeah. uh, especially if it's going to be more than the $10 I'm already paying. Exactly. Um, because, you know, from my knowledge is of everything is that WWE has already rated all of those rosters uh, for people for NXT UK and America. So, okay. Yeah. You're, no, not, that's, you're not selling yourself here, guys. That, that That's exactly where I'm at. I can't help but feel, I mean, you know, Vince going to get paid. Like, if... Someone comes to him and says, we're going to pay you $150 million to do this. We're going to pay you $200 million to do this. Whatever the crazy amount of money is, he's going to say yes, and he's going to do it, and he's not going to give a shit. But the problem is, I feel it's very short-sighted. This is a genie you can't put back in the bottle. This is a scenario where... Pay-per-view. 
Yeah. This is a scenario where unless it's WrestleMania and maybe Royal Rumble, uh, I, I maybe even SummerSlam, I don't think people are going to be inclined to drop, you know, a full purchase price, especially if it's a full purchase price on top of another streaming subscription. And yeah. if they think that people will retain their WWE Network subscription, I think they're fooling themselves there, too. I mean, uh, you know, for us, it's like, OK, well, the only excuse for it is we uh, on occasion record redos now. It's been a while. Sorry, patrons. But, you know, we've found other fun stuff to do instead. Anyway, uh, you know, it's. That that's really the value that the archive is to me, unless I'm a professional wrestler trying to watch tapes to learn shit. Sure. Uh, I don't really see the inherent value in retaining that subscription for a long term period of time. They're going to lose the majority of people if they do this. And if they ever try to, you know, drag it back, I don't know how much of the audience is going to give a shit at that point. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. The. The $60 price point for a pay-per-view is just ungodly at this point. Yes. And, and, um, I, and I recognize that's what AEW is doing, but AEW is only doing it four times a year. And also, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a product that at least thus far has lent itself a lot more to, hey, let's let's run back the old days of getting people together, let's order some pizzas, let's all pay out for the pay-per-view, yeah. all that. Right. Like, people seem excited about those shows versus... You know, the way that, uh, I mean, we feel, and certainly it seems based off of social media perception, those of you who interact with us on Facebook and Twitter, what have you, it seems like the general response we have before any WWE show is people going, eh, it might be okay, at best. Yeah. Right, and, you know, with it being included with nine ninety nine a month, it's like, okay, you know, you don't feel as bad missing it or coming in late or, mm -hmm. you know, catching mm -hmm. it a week later or whatever. It's there, it's fine, but... You know, to go back to how it was, I, I, I don't know. I You know, I, I didn't remember the numbers of what they're bringing in per quarter for the 1.24 million that they're down to subscribers or whatever the yeah, fuck yeah, it yeah. is. Um, you know, do you just throw away that money for the hope that people are going to get back on the pay-per-view train at this point? Or, you know, I, I would imagine even if they did it, on the peacock or whatever wherever streaming service it ended up on there would still be an actual cable pay-per-view option because i think sure, there still sure. is yeah, now there is weirdly um, enough and, and it costs some price. people yeah some people who have no regard for their bank accounts i guess would buy them every now and then. i, 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 I like, think it also you know. has to do with you know the availability of decent streaming internet and, and that sort of thing damn rural areas yeah uh, yeah basically if you're a flyover if you're a flyover state, you're still figuring it out, um, which, I mean, is just kind of an unfortunate thing about our Internet infrastructure here in the States. But that's an entirely different conversation for a very different podcast. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, things are looking weird in WWE, and it, it just kind of strikes me that things are going to be changing very rapidly in terms of how we as fans consume WWE content. And, and I don't know if it's going to change for a way that we're going to be uh, happier about as uh, wrestling fans. Nevertheless, let's try to pivot on to some positivity here. Cause we're like halfway through the show and just been, everything sucks. So, <laughs> so let's try to go for some good things. Uh, you talked <clears throat> about how you enjoyed NXT this week. Uh, I also mm -hmm. enjoyed NXT this week up to and including in the main event. We had a long awaited return. It turned out those graphics were indeed for our boy, Patrick as 
Velveteen Dream returned to NXT in the main event and set his sights directly at Roddy Strong, as you can tell by his airbrush tights. I really enjoyed how they pulled that off. I thought it was was, was pretty fantastic, actually. They, they mm-hmm. if you notice throughout the course of the show, there were little blips of the uh, of the three rings and the date on the bottom of the screen. It right. would just come and go really, really quickly, really like you know Tyler Durden penis and Cinderella sort of thing. Just really <laughs> quick, quick little cuts. Um, and then when it finally happened, the lights went out and they turned like this purple tinge on, and they panned to the turnbuckle and and dreams up there, and he just takes out all four guys of the undisputed era and, and, and lands on Roddy and does the, the Rick Rude gyration and Marina's face on his tongue. It's, I thought it was as perfect a return as you could have had for the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to see Velveteen dream back in the mix. I hope he's feeling good. I hope he's feeling limber. Uh, Cause I heard it was a back injury. That was the issue. Mm-hmm. And God knows if you're a pro wrestler, that's, that's gotta be one of the ones that flex you. Um, but, so uh, perfect, perfect to get into a few with Roddy Strong, right? Exactly. Away, but... The the Messiah, the backbreaker <laughs> right. himself. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but uh, I, I, I just, yeah, thought the execution was a 10 and, and I'm hyped to see what they do with him next week uh, and possibly into TakeOver. Because right now, I mean, TakeOver is pretty stacked because yeah, uh, well, that's what the six Sunday? matches right now. Let, let's let's take a look at what that uh, TakeOver card is. I mean, I know so we've we're got Champa and Cole week. for the NXT title. We've got Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair for the NXT Women's title. Yes, we've got Undisputed Era, uh, KO, and uh, how much fish could a Bobby Fish fry if a Bobby Fish could fry <laughs> fish? Um, which was funny, and then they beat it into the fucking ground until it was not funny against the Broserweights for the tag titles. We got uh, Keith Lee defending the North American title against Dominic Dijakovic. We've got a grudge match between uh, Dark Dakota and T. Knox. Yep, that's a street that's fight one, there. Two, yeah, three, so that's, four, that's five. Six. That was six. Yes, Rhea and Bianca. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, number six. Here's one you didn't mention: Finn Balor against Johnny Gargano. That's right. That was the sixth. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, so that's that's where we are, and I don't think there's room for anything else aside from the you know the pre shows that they. Well, I guess they used to tape for TV, but they don't anymore because TV's live now. So there'll just be some dark matches for whomever is there or a pre-show. Yeah. Didn't they do like a full pre-show and aired them last time? For the uh, last I, I believe they they did, and and then um, you know, not that I necessarily want uh, to see uh, Roddy against Velveteen Dream on a pre-show, but it could certainly work right. there. Um, so we'll sure. we'll, we'll have you to see plug that in do. anywhere. Oh yeah, I mean, hell, that could you know main event <clears throat> uh, USA this week. Um, sure. but, but we'll see what happens. Um, then looking on the other side of the Wednesday Night Wars, it was a very good and, if I'm honest, very horny week on AEW Dynamite. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're continuing to build revolution. And with that, we got some great matches. We got some great promos. We got some great storyline build. Uh, honestly, this, I think, was one of the best weeks of Dynamite so far. And I know I feel like I say that a lot, but I, I just thought it was a very cohesive bit of wrestling. Like, I can't really think of too much that I, I disliked from the show. I mean, the the closest thing I could say that was kind of a downer was uh, Yuka Sakazaki against Britt Baker, but they kept that short. They kept that mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So show kicked off with um, Ortiz against John Moxley, mm-hmm. which I absolutely loved. Uh, I thought Ortiz looked great in this match and uh, the whole post-match angle with uh, Moxley going after Santana's eye was crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't expect that, especially to kick off the show. Very violent yeah, right? show this week. 
Um, I'm, I'm wondering if Moxley had like a flight an hour, like at 10 p.m. flight to get out of there. So they had to like get yeah, him, do yeah. his shit, and then get him to the airport to get him back to Japan for new beginnings. Yeah. But uh, I, I thought that was a, a really, really hot match, really hot segment, uh, great post match. My pants were off. Uh, and then we had SCU against Best Friends, which again thought was a really fun match. Uh, really, the peak of it though was after the dive train when uh, Orange Cassidy decided to just get to the middle of it and lay down himself. Um, Bless you, Orange Cassidy. Bless yes, you. Yes. And then there was a, a post match Dark Order bit with mm-hmm. them offering the uh, the mask to Orange Cassidy, who then got kicked in the face and beat up for it. Out comes mm-hmm. Christopher Daniels for the save, and then. Dark Order backs off, so interesting that they're still continuing their pursuit of Christopher Daniels. Which, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm uh, if I'm Dark Order, uh, I'm not sure he's at the top of my recruitment list, but hey, you know, I'm sure there's some kind of payoff in mind for that. Yeah, yeah, um, I and I wouldn't be surprised if we're getting it at Revolution, just because that's where everything seems to be leading. Do you happen to know when uh, Matt Hardy's contract to non-compete everything is up? So that's an interesting question, Chris, because his contract is through February. The huh. Evolution show, or sorry, Revolution in, show, yeah. is on February 29th. Damn leap years. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know if that counts for a contract. I'm, look, I'm sure they have the best of lawyers on top of it, but Hey, sure. maybe we'll see him on, you know, dynamite the following Wednesday. I don't know if, if Rebby Hardy has, has her way. Yeah. She's just going to, going to keep tweet, tweeting up a storm, <clears throat> blowing up Vinnie Max. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Britt Baker, Yuka Sakazaki was the third match of the show. And really the effectiveness was the post match angle, which was fucking crazy. Yeah, it was to two thirty. Yeah, uh, for those who didn't catch it, basically what Britt Baker did, uh, who again full wine mom right now, uh, Britt Baker put uh, uh, Yuka Sakazaki's mouth over the bottom rope and went full American History X curb stomped her, and Yuka was bleeding from the mouth and held out a tooth, quote unquote, that had been knocked out. Sure, uh, I don't think it was legit, but. It was fucking creepy. Like there, there are, there are few things in the world of pro wrestling that uh, really kind of get me like all, all like goosebumply and, and feeling gross. Mm-hmm. Tooth stuff is definitely one of them. Okay. All right. I didn't know you had a, a chomper issue there. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not a fan of that. Meanwhile, I can watch that GCW Japan clip of uh, the guy getting backed up uh, on a board of uh, knives uh, like it's nothing. Uh, but yeah, uh, tooth no. get knocked out. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, for <laughs> those who like uh, the spot fest, the eight-man tag in the middle of the show was everything it needed to be as it was the elite of the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Page going against the Butcher, the Blade, Pentagon, and Phoenix along with the Bunny in what was just a balls-out great spot fest. Loved every second of this. This is my jam right here. This is shit I love. Everybody just doing crazy superhuman things. Um, you know, everybody's shit looked cool. Everybody got a chance to do some crazy stuff. Uh, Phoenix just is so much fun to watch. The the his roll through cutter is just fucking. Yeah. I love it so much. Pentagon looked cool as shit. He's toned down the Cerro Miedos, so thankfully uh, he listened. Um, and, uh, you know, the 
dissension between Hangman and the rest of the elite continues with uh, Paige not tagging in the Bucks uh, mm-hmm, towards the mm-hmm. end, and then he uh, he eats the pin for it. So, you know, it it it's uh, it was I think pretty well executed all around. Yeah, it, you know, it's interesting. The longer this angle goes, I'm starting to feel more sympathetic for Hangman Page, and I'm starting to feel like at least the Bucks, if not the Bucks and Kenny, are, are the heels here. Because so much of the the storyline really has been kind of sensible and made sense that, that basically Paige is pissed off about, you know, the other three guys are VPs. If you're watching Being the Elite, they talk about how, like, he can't change in the same locker room as Kenny, and Kenny isn't taking the time to talk about matches with Paige. Um, okay. And, you know, uh, there was the whole thing about how the Bucks came out once Omega and Paige won the tag belt, so, like, Paige never really got a chance to, like be prideful about his win instead it turned into the elite again and hangman page like i i think there's something there and yeah but it wasn't his choice to not be a part of the elite that that's fair but i'm i'm starting to feel like if they decided to call an audible here here and at least made the bucks the heels i think the fans would be totally into it because right now hangman page is a guy who you know has gone from at all out feeling like he's a guy that people want to be, you know, a top star, but he isn't one yet. Now he feels like a top star, but he isn't one yet. Um, I, I could see them, you know, giving him that little bump over as being a top face by making the bucks heels here. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that's really how okay. it's going to play out, but I, it, it's just the more I watch this, the more I see however he is. And the more, the more I see the actions of, uh, the young bucks in particular, they feel like pricks to me in this storyline. Well, there's few things that'll get the crowd more in your, uh, on your side than, uh, alcoholism. So True. at True. least, uh, at least he's got that going for him. The whole, you know, drunken thing, the, you know, dr- gets the beer knocked out of his hand and then magically turns up with a pitcher and starts chugging it. I mean, that's, that's some funny shit right there. We had a backstage angle as Pac was still bitching and moaning about how Kenny won't sign a match with him, and he threatened to take out Riho. He said, don't worry, he's a bastard, but not a beast, so he won't attack a woman. And instead had Nyla Rose beat the shit out of Riho, and Riho, well, was supposed to be put through a table, but she's very tiny and it didn't break. Yeah. It was Sasha Banks telling the cell all over again. Yes. Uh, Roughhouse top tip to you, dear friends. If you see, say, on Instagram that they posted a segment featuring Nyla Rose, don't look at the comments. <laughs> That's a good pro tip. I, uh, yeah, I've, I've been doing that for a while, not yeah. looking at the comments yeah, yeah. for anything about yeah. her. She's, uh, whew, she's got the thick skin. Yes, uh, yes. She is, she's very strong, and uh, I actually have gained even more respect for her uh, as a person than I have as a worker just because of seeing the absolute wretched shit that wrestling fans throw in her direction. Anyway. Some, some vitriol, if you will. Yes. We uh, we got Kip Sabian versus Joey Janela, <laughs> which I thought for sure, again, was going to be at Revolution, but instead we got it on Dynamite. I actually thought this was a really fun match. The crowd wasn't super into it at the top, I think because both guys are relatively minor in terms of TV exposure. But sure. as the match went on, the crowd really got into it, and I, I thought it was uh, a very well-executed match. And uh, basically, uh, Penelope Ford, I mean, is a star and a half. Um, she she came off like a real strong heel. Her spots, as always, looked really good. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I, I was really pleased with this match, and I, I'd like to see them have more. I hope this wasn't just a blow-off for it. Yeah, I mean, I like all those people involved there. You know, I think Kip Sabian has a has a lot of talent. The personality character isn't 100% there, but mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, uh, in-ring work, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I think the, you know, the super bad thing is a little yeah hokey yeah it's I'm, not I'm, i don't i don't love that um but like i said worker worker wise he's uh he, he's good and he fits well within the roster uh janela you know definitely is joby janela you know mm-hmm. he's got mm-hmm. his he's it, it, it seemed like they were hammering home a little too much that this guy can wrestle too you yeah, know, it was like yeah, every yeah. other word out of the out of the commentator's mouth was, "Oh, he's not just this crazy guy. He can wrestle. He can wrestle." I'm like, yeah, just yeah. just let him show you. Exactly. You, you don't exactly. have to bash it over our heads every you know, every three you know seconds. But we're we're quibbling here. There's there was there was a lot good there. I enjoyed it as well. And it feels like you know it wasn't a full on conclusion to the feud. I feel like there's still a blow off on the way. And like you said, whether that happens at revolution or happens wherever um, next week on dynamite or, or, or whenever I'm, I'm still going to be into it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, then in terms of uh, just something I wanted to point out as, as I think is a strength of dynamite as they tend to do right before the main event segment, they recap what was going to be on dynamite next week. But beyond that, they didn't just talk about what's going to be on Dynamite next week. They presented matches for the next three weeks of Dynamite. Yeah, everything leading up to Revolution. Yeah, so uh, we've got, uh, coming up on the 12th, we've got Santana versus Moxley. Uh, I realized, I forgot to mention, there was an awesome backstage promo with Santana uh, calling out Moxley for taking out his eye. Um, yeah, dude dude had some fire in his eye. Yes. Singular. Yes, <laughs> uh, he, he was just absolutely killing it, but... Uh, Santana versus Moxley next week. They're going to run Nyla Rose against Riho for the women's title rematch from the first ever Dynamite. And they're going to run a rematch of SCU against uh, Hangman and Omega for the tag team titles. Um, Then uh, the following week in Atlanta, it's going to be a tag team battle royal. Winners getting a tag title shot at Revolution. Going to go ahead and say that's probably going to be the Bucks. And then they're going to have the cage match with Cody and Wardlow. And then uh, three weeks from then, uh, or, or from now, technically, uh, Pac versus Omega in a 30-minute Iron Man match. Yeah, very, very excited for that. Um, you know, it, make, it makes sense to only do 30 minutes. Typically, Iron Man matches are, are an hour, but to, to dedicate a full hour of your weekly program to that, yeah. and that would be the week of the build, you know, the go home show before revolution. If my math is correct, right. um, that it's a little too much, but I think, you know, uh, and th- again, this isn't to say that it couldn't, no, uh, he's defending the tag titles against uh, at revolution. So he couldn't have a match right, with right, back at revolution. Right. Uh, unless Omega so, is a crazy uh, person. That's going to work two matches in one pay-per-view. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. He is, uh, of that, uh, skill level and, uh, and over level. So, Oh, God, Xavier, shut up. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. I it, Anyway, I just like the fact that they're telling you what's going to happen. And more importantly, they also deliver it. So, you know, oh, and here comes a drink. As now we talk about the main event segment, which seemed to be pretty polarizing. And uh, here's how I'm just going to start by describing this. I thought the main event 10 lashes segment was well executed, but is one of those angles that you don't want a non wrestling fan to walk in on you watching. 
So this uh, was happening. I, 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 as I've mentioned multiple times, I hosted a trivia game on Wednesday nights, and yes. the bartender, much to her chagrin, puts dynamite on one of the TVs for me. Yes, and I, you know, there's a table, a team of mine that um, kind of keeps an eye on what's going on, and sometimes asks questions and and comments on the ridiculousness of the nature of pro wrestling. To which mm-hmm. I'm more than happy to, you know, explain uh, storylines and things of that nature. Yes. So uh, the game had wrapped up and. And, you know, I'm, I'm packing up my stuff and I always, you know, hang out for a little bit afterwards. Bullshit yeah. with the teams. Yeah. Um, and and this this bit was happening because it was the the closing segment of the show. And there were just confused, <laughs> confused faces like what the hell is happening right now? Yeah. Um, so I had to, you know, I took the time to you know, explain basically the story that MJF was, you know, his little partner or, or or friend who used to come to the ring with them. He turned on him in his match against Jericho. And he's such a little shithead that he um, said he couldn't get a match uh, unless these three things happen. One, Cody couldn't touch him. Two, steel cage match with Wardlow. And three, he had to take 10 lashes on national TV. And that's what we were watching. So... Right. Once I explained what was happening happening, and just the fact that, you know, pro wrestling, it kind of made a little bit of sense. Right. But if you were a non-wrestling fan flipping right. through the channels on Wednesday evening at 9.50 and, you, you know, you came across TNT – and you're watching this little dude with a with a wife black wife beater on beating this blonde haired Adonis with a with a belt in the middle of the ring and nobody stopping it. You're like, yeah. what the fuck is happening? Yeah, yeah, and, and and it certainly didn't help that basically it's like okay, so MJF and Wardlow came out, so you have basically a big beefy boy and a little twink in the ring already, <laughs> and then here comes the handsome blonde dude, and the first thing that the blonde dude does is get in the ring. And slowly take his shirt off. Yeah, very seductively. Yeah. Yes, yes. So Cody's standing there shirtless, and MJF, before he whips him, says he wants to use Cody's belt. Yeah. So Cody has to take his belt off and hand it over to MJF. And it's I can a very, just, very specific kink. I could feel fetishes being born as this yeah. was going on. Like I'm getting, I'm trying to work a way to to have this be like a double dutch runner situation. Right, right. So, <laughs> so they start with the whipping. And as that starts, the heels all come out, which I thought was a clever touch. But the first heels that come out are the Butcher, Blade, and Bunny. So this right, who are like this leather daddy dominatrix sort of thing. Exactly. So we've got we've got the the two tweaks whipping each other while the S and M dudes watch. Right. And then and then the part that I just was like, oh well, this just got officially horny. Here comes Grumpy Arn Anderson coming down to the ring. (laughs) Here comes Daddy. Yeah. Here comes the big old bear. And yeah. while these these lashings are going on, MJF takes his clothes off, yeah. and I'm just like, <laughs> does anyone under, does anyone get the optics of this? Like, hey man, you're 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 uh, you're throwing some lashes in, and you're gonna break a sweat. So it gets yeah. warm under those TV lights. You're gonna want to take a layer or yeah. two off. Luckily, he wasn't down to his trunks. No, luckily I, he kept I, his pants on. I was wondering where if that's where that was going to go. But I was hoping so. But like all the faces came out again. I thought that was a, a good touch. Um, and then Brandy, no longer haunted, by the way, right? Uh, she showed up to talk him through the last one, and basically the uh, you know the ten lashes went through, and then MJF kicked Cody in the balls, which yeah. got serious heat. 
Uh-huh. Uh, Cody and Wardlow bail to the crowd. Babyface tried to rush after him. And what looked like a fan attacked MJF as the show was going off the air. Turns out I, I not a fan. Yeah, I think I read that it was somebody from the roster, right? Yeah, uh, Frankie Kazarian was the one. Oh, good on you, Frankie, getting your uh, getting your cardio going up those yeah. steps there. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, yes, it was uh, it was pretty homoerotic. I'm yes. not going to sit yes. here and say there wasn't. Um, but you know, the progression of the story, I I actually got sucked in. Even oh, watching yeah. it afterward, like I watched it Saturday morning, yeah. just as a whole with the audio on and, and mm-hmm. you know hearing. The, the crack of the of the belt on yeah. you know the skin of, of of Cody and you know how first it was uh you know first it was Daddy Arn Anderson then it was uh you know Big Brother Dustin then it was the Bucks and then finally when Brandy came down I was like oh like it, it actually like it got it, it I, I got sucked in it felt it felt real I was yeah. like oh man this is this is some brutal shit like I totally yeah. w- was sucked into it by the end and this just you know. Cody Rhodes really understands how to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm sure for him, that's one of the greatest compliments he could get, you know, of course, knowing who his father was. Oh, yeah. Um, so the fact that it was, you know, imbued into him uh, from birth and how, you know, he just he, he just fucking gets it. You know, he he gets the, the slow burn of it. He gets the the facial mannerisms. He gets, you know, it, it, it was it was really, really well done. Uh, you know, maybe they could have sped it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it did seem to go on for a really long time, but they did uh, all things considered timed the ending of it. Well, like, I'm not sure if Bryce was giving him time cues. Yeah. Um, in the ring or not. I would assume so, because that's really hard to time otherwise. Um, but, you know, maybe uh, could have given, you know, a couple more minutes to a couple more of the matches and cut that down five. I I don't know. Again, quibbling. Uh, overall, it was it was really well executed. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, again, another another great episode of Dynamite and great wrestling beget more great wrestling as uh, again, the wee hours of this morning brought us New Japan's new beginning in Osaka. Um, I believe we've both watched the top three matches. Is that right? No, Chris? I just watched the two. I okay. didn't. I didn't get to the main. Um, okay. but, but before uh, we get to the matches, yes. there was some big news coming out of this show. Yeah. Uh, specifically, uh, the, it was rumored for like a week or so now that New mm-hmm. Japan was trying to get back into the garden for uh, a show sometime this calendar year. Yep. And it turns out uh, it has been confirmed and is starting to be promoted is August, I believe, 22nd. Yes. Which is a Saturday at Madison Square Garden, just mm-hmm. New Japan, no Ring of Honor or no AEW, no uh, nobody else. They're trying to do this on their own. Yes. And they're promoting it as Wrestle Dynasty as a Wrestle Kingdom level event. Yes. Um all the big guns, everybody's going to be over there because that is the time when the Olympics are happening in Japan who are taking up all the sports arenas. So they can't do anything in Japan at that time. Right. So it, uh, the timing makes sense. They're going to have the full strength of the roster. I'm sure there'll be a surprise or two um, along the way. Absolutely. I'm curious to see if uh, a Moxley and a Jericho are mm-hmm. going to be permitted to do this. With their relationship with AEW, who knows? There's there's uh, six yeah. months in between now. Are, are, are we going to see a, a Marty Skrull? Are we going to see a yeah. Ring of Honor contingency? Um, you know, there are a lot of X factors, but fact is, 
They're going for it. Madison Square Garden, August 22nd, Wrestle Dynasty. Uh, I think we got to go, Chris. Like, I, I, I here we're going. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's <laughs> it's it's got to happen. Uh, the, we're taking the train, Marty. Yes. Okay? <laughs> no, we are absolutely taking the train. Uh, in fact, <laughs> I think I'm going to look uh, tomorrow for train tickets so we get them in advance and we don't risk Smart. not having them. Anyway. Smart man. Uh, August 22nd, Wrestle Dynasty. Uh, hey, let, let's make a weird roughhouse road trip out of this. If you dear listeners want to see us and say hi, uh, let's all try to go to New York for that show, folks. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's get it done. We'll be there regardless. Yeah, if yeah. you want to watch it at home, that's cool too. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely something we're, uh, that's right up our alley. And, uh, you know, really looking at the New Japan roster right now, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So the fact that everybody is going to be there for the show, not like one of those sort of mixed shows, you know, like the the two shows we saw last year, mm-hmm. uh, the Fighting Spear and Unleashed, where it was partial rosters. The, mm-hmm. the, the roster will be at full strength. And like I said, they're, this is basically going to be like their SummerSlam, which I think, isn't this SummerSlam weekend as well? Um, I believe it is because uh, I read somewhere that it's going to be uh, happening opposite of um, uh, TakeOver. Okay. Uh, Sorry, TakeOver. Take, yeah, TakeOver's in Boston, I believe, because I believe SummerSlam's in Boston this year. So, okay. All right. Are they moving SummerSlam around again? Because yeah. it was at the Staples Center for a long time. Right. Then right. it was in Brooklyn for three, four, five years or something. Yeah. And now last year was Boston as well, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, you may be correct. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, it does okay. seem like they're bouncing around. Anyway, for the new beginning in Osaka show, I'm going to run very quickly over some of the results. And then we'll get into the matches that we did see. Um, uh, kicked off with an eight-man New Japan Olds tag. Um, and Abu Nakanishi, Satoshi Kojima, and y- Yuji Nagata, and Hiroshi Tanzan beat Toa Hanare, Reisuke Taguchi, Togi Makabe, and Tomaki Hanma. Uh, this was really just about the Nakanishi retirement. It, he has four right. matches to go. He's going to wrap up. Um, so uh, to the average fan, the show kicked off with the junior heavyweight <laughs> tag title match as Rapungi 3K defeated Desperado and Kanemaru to retain the belts. Did you catch that? I did not catch that. Okay. Uh, I do intend to watch it. The thing that's interesting, yeah. though, is Yo cut a promo after the match uh, and basically said that uh, he and show want to prove that they've surpassed Rocky and want a match against Rocky and Taguchi for the junior heavyweight tag titles. So that's, oh. that's going to be the next big story there, which I, I think it should be fun. Rapongi 3K implodes. Exactly. But it, it's less of an implosion, more of a we need to prove that we're better than our coach. Yeah, which, no, which I, I, like. I, I, I'm, 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 all, I'm all in for that. Uh, in a match with the New Japan Trueborns against Bullet Club, Tanahashi, Ibushi, Juice Robinson, and David Finley defeated Tamatanga, Tonga Loa, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens. Again, more uh, of a match to build to an angle than anything else. It looks like we may be getting a three-way for the tag titles coming up with the Tanahashi and Ibushi team going against Finn Juice and Gorillas of Destiny. Hmm. Okay, cool. That'd be fun. Uh, let me guess. Fall Guy Chase Owens? Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, uh, Tonga Loa. Been... Tonga Loa. Uh, really? Yeah. Tana you block... had Yujiro Takahashi yep. and Chase Owens in there and Tonga Loa eats the pin? Tana blocked an ape shit, so, uh, he got a cradle huh. off of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, All if right. anything, would explain why Tana's like, That's oh, why we they deserve a tag title shot now. Sure. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Which, let's be honest, uh, 
Tongaloa is the fall guy of Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, a match that I heard that was very good. Again, one that I intend to watch. Uh, Okada and Will Ospreay defeated Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, I mean, that was the two feuds from last weekend you know, put together in a tag. So I, I can't imagine that being awful in any way. Uh, we had Jay White defeating Sonata, which I'm a little surprised by that uh, Jay White won that one. Yeah, it always seems like Sonata's just just primed for a breakout, and then he just eats another L from somebody. Yeah, not really super in love with it. But then we had the top three matches. I've watched all three. You've watched two out of three. Yes, and, two out uh, of three ain't bad. Yeah, and, and, and let's be honest. The, the first one of this basically set a bar that would be hard for anyone to climb over, as uh, the rivalry was reborn. Hiromu Takahashi defending and successfully defeating the former Dragon Lee, now Ryu Lee. Mm. Good God, mm. this mm. we knew that this match was probably going to be very good. Yeah, but they have added so many twists and turns on their style of match. If you had told me that Ryuli and Hiromu Takahashi was going to be built around overhand chops, I would have said you were crazy. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it was. they're high flyers. They're, yeah. they're cre- and there was plenty of that. Yes, but the first five minutes of the match was them just beating each other's uh, pectoral regions into hamburger. Yeah, and it was fucking awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah, full on New Japan fighting spirit brought to life by the two you know two top junior weights in the company. Um, I will say I'm not sure. I watched it with Japanese commentary. I don't know if the English commentary okay. covered this. Something I really enjoyed was Ryu Lee coming to the ring wearing the old Kama Itachi mask. Um, Kama Itachi was Takahashi's uh, a character in CMLL when he was on Excursion. Oh, and that's okay. where the feud started. Dragon Lee beat him <clears throat> in a mask versus mask match, and then he beat before Takahashi went back to the states. He beat or no, went back to the states, back to Japan. He beat Takahashi in a hair versus mask match. Okay, all right. Yeah, when uh, when they were coming down, Chris Charlton kind of did a quick uh, uh, overview of their entire feud going yeah. back to Mexico. I don't remember if that specifically cause, yeah. uh, was mentioned, um, but uh, interesting you watched it with the Japanese commentary. Yeah, I, I lately I, I switch it up depending on the match for whatever reason I decided I want to watch it. Do you, do you speak Japanese? Japanese? No. Because how did you know that they were talking about <laughs> Oh, uh, no, no, no. I, I, don't, I don't know that if they were talking about it. Oh, okay. I'm I just gotcha. saying. Hold out on me, bro. Yeah, it's, it's something that I, <laughs> yeah, it's something that I noticed, and it feels like something Chris Charlton would have pointed out, because I thought it was a nice touch from Riley coming out wearing it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So what I, what I loved about this match, and knowing their history, is that um, there was such this anxious excitement mm-hmm. around the match, and yeah. they definitely played into that with Ryuli teasing the maneuver that broke Takahashi's neck two or three times. Yeah. That, that high angle capture suplex. I'm sure it has a name, but I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. And they, they, he teased it a number of times and each time, like myself and the commentary English commentary team were like, Oh God, no, 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 no. And it's just the fact that these two guys are so fearless Mm -hmm. and are willing to just throw their bodies around the, like the, um, the tope, the dragon Lee through the, through the second and third ropes, uh, onto Takahashi was on the, uh, the, the barricade on top of the tail. It was just brutal. And I watched it. That's the one you retweeted, right? Yeah. Yeah, It was just so like, ouch. It was just very ouch. Um, some people's topes just have like this homing dart look to them, but nobody does it like Ryu Lee. Like he, he looks like he's murdering a dude when he does it. 
He and King Cuerno, uh, El Hijo de Fantasma, who yes. is apparently injured, and that's why he hasn't been on NXT. Yeah. Finally heard something about that. His topes, uh, used, they used to call it, what do they call it? Um, I almost said Patriot Arrow, and I'm like, nope, that's from Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Patriot Missile? Quiver of the guy. I don't remember. Oh, what okay, okay. Is it, no, it wasn't Patriot anything. Patriot. Oh, okay. I don't know why. It was something arrow because he did the pulled the arrow and then he did his tope. Gotcha. Anyway, <laughs> the match was fucking great. Um, and uh, you know, after the match, after uh, uh, the Hiromu won, you know, he was just laying there and he said one more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Teased that it could continue. So if, if, I don't think it has to happen right now. Uh, but eventually, you know, this is this is a blood feud that will continue for years to come if anything the thing that i thought was interesting was i walked away from that match and with all the crazy spots that were in there and all the crazy moments and everything it still felt like oh there's another gear like there yeah it's, it seemed like the finish kind of came uh, oh okay that was yeah. a finish I, like I, mean, I, I was expecting another 10 or 15 two time bombs are, are pretty harsh but well that's true uh but i i was definitely like oh okay um and also uh the bold choice to start the match with uh, doing German suplexes back and forth, or just sort of like, oh, I guess Roma's neck is okay. Yeah, no, there, I don't think there's any doubt uh, in anybody's mind that he was 100% at least going into this match. I'm not sure how he's feeling tonight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably not great. I saw Ryu Lee posted a photo of his uh, of his chest meat, and it yeah. was uh, it was ready to be sautéed and put into fucking taco shells. Man, it was brutal. Yeah. So the question is. How do you follow a match like Ryu Lee against Hiromu Takahashi? I tell you. Here's how. Yeah. Uh, John Moxley against Minoru Suzuki for the IWGP US title. Uh, one, I did not expect Moxley to win. I honestly thought Suzuki was going to win it. Um, so that was a pleasant I mean, surprise for me. I would have uh, gladly accepted Minoru Suzuki as my new king of the United States. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame don't blame me. I voted for Suzuki. Yes. Uh, the one underlining bit of this match is is it was really more about story for as much as you can sit there and go, oh, it's just a weapons filled brawl. It was more about story than anything else. And the story was Minoru Suzuki is to use the term uh, from friend of the show Joe Hunter, uh, who uh, but a long time long time buddy of mine. He posted he couldn't remember Minoru Suzuki's name. So he Googled the phrase Japanese murder grandpa and Minoru (laughs) Suzuki was the first hit. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, this is all about the Japanese murder grandpa trying to uh, find more ways to make John Moxley hit him harder and be just as crazy and sick as he was. Yeah. And if you listen to last week's show, because uh, they had a, a tag match, a yes. couple or the, yeah, a tag match last weekend. And I I kind of made a point of Moxley's forearms not having to follow through. Yeah. Thanks for listening, John. Because yeah. he, he, you brought those forearms to the uh, murder grandpa's chin oh, yeah. uh, last night. And it was just whew, it was just it was just so much fun to watch. Uh-huh. I mean, they were just clubbing the shit out of each other yeah yeah the the chairs were being broken over people's heads and i think my favorite part was the more and more violent that moxley got the wider the smile on the face minoru suzuki was it's so great like he got powerbombed through a table and he's just grinning yeah he's got this like joker-esque grin in his face like yeah i'm in my fucking element right now and i love it it's infectious yeah there were a few moments where i was being reminded without giving away too much of a scene from parasite that's that's what (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah 
Yeah, I, I can't uh, yeah. can't argue with that. It was yeah. it was a lot of fun, and yeah. you know, like you said, shocker, uh, Moxley wins and retains, and then uh, out of fucking nowhere, yeah. out comes a little spider, ZSJ, former mm-hmm. or uh, fellow member of Suzuki Goon, coming out there and and attacking Moxley and uh, knocking or choking him out, and I, you know, that's not a match. That that's like if you were to ask me, you know, my most anticipated or or matches I thought would happen with John Moxley in New yep. Japan, ZSJ would be down on the list. And then I see this, and I'm like, okay, that's number one on my list. Let's yeah. fucking get this shit happening. Yeah, uh, definitely didn't expect it. Uh, there's a killer post match promo from uh, Zack Saber Jr., uh, which is Shocker. worth watching online, uh, where he basically hey he calls him Jonathan Moxley the entire time, <laughs> but also he pointed out Jonathan. Yeah, he's he's pointing out he's coming to the states and he's going to make sure Bernie Sanders gets elected. That's what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> it's somewhere David Starr came. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So then your main event of the evening, which I watched, uh, a match that I thought was very good, probably could have been shaved down by a few minutes. You know, which can be said about a lot of New Japan main events. Uh, right. But That's kind of what they do. Tetsuya Naito uh, successfully defended the double titles against Kenta. Uh, big fight feel for this one. Pretty much the entirety of the Bullet Club uh, accompanied Kenta to the ring, uh, okay. and uh, Red Shoes ended up tossing him out, so it was going to be one-on-one. There was, you know, your standard stalling from Kenta. Kenta was a huge heel in this match. Heat was very, very, very strong for it, but really the, the big story of the match was there was a ref bump, down went Red Shoes, and it in turned, comes Gato. Well, uh, in comes Jay White. Then okay. in comes Bushi. It turns into a whole thing. Kenta ends up sending Naito into an exposed turnbuckle, and Naito goes full Ric Flair, eyebrow to eyebrow, and gets a crimson oh, mask. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, yeah. they don't do blood much in New Japan. Yeah, I I don't know if it if it was legit or what, but he was just like full crimson mask. Like nice. it, it, it was it was a nice touch there. Um, but yeah, uh, Naito hits a poison rana, uh, poison rana rather. Uh, Valentia and a Destino gets the three counts, one, two, three, and then Naito cuts a promo, says, "Hey, what's going to be next for me? What are we doing?" Jay White. No, here comes Hiromu, because the anniversary show is coming up in March, and traditionally it's IWGP Heavyweight Champ against Junior Heavyweight Champ, so. Naito Hiromu is oh. our next big match for the, uh, I think it's the, what's it, the, I don't know how many years, but it's the the anniversary show coming up uh, in March. Wow, very interested to see that. Yeah, yeah, so, um, so uh, the one little bit that I liked was um, uh, Hiromu said that uh, Naito was one of the guys who trained him when he was a young lion, and he said, when he was about to go on an excursion, Naito told him he didn't ma- he had a match when he got back, so he's back. Okay. He wants this. Yeah. Let's do this. So uh Hell yeah, let's do that. I'm 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 down for it. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. I I, I think it's gonna be good. I I mean, you know, if Naito can't take the crazy bumps, uh Romo certainly will. Uh yep. and uh L I J will explode just a little bit for us to enjoy it. I I, I think it's it's gonna be real good. But yeah. Um, basically much like the, uh, new beginning shows last weekend. Uh, if you hop on new Japan world, you can watch those main events and they're pretty much all killer. Um, especially yeah. the, the one, two punch of Minoru Suzuki and John Moxley and the Ryuli Hiromu Takahashi match. 
How was um how was Kotobushi? Did he seem as normal as uh, as Kotobushi is? I know he's having <laughs> some kind of illness. Yes. Um. So the, uh, just kind of a weird fact. I've I've dealt with an issue similar to what uh, Kotobushi was dealing with. Um, okay. I, I I forget the exact name of it, but basically it's a scenario where ba- you vomit so much that you strain the muscles in your sure. esophagus. Okay. Um, and it's really painful. It really sucks. It heals on its own after like 10 days. So uh, it's not great, but he seemed to be the normal Ibushi we all know and love. He certainly still had his abs, so I guess the puking helped in some way. Uh, But uh, I I thought uh, No long-term storytelling, anything coming off of his uh, losses at Wrestle Kingdom, nothing really alluded to? Not really, just, uh, I mean... Like I mentioned earlier, it looks like they're they're grooming him in the tag. Uh, yeah, Tanahashi for the tag belts. So uh, okay. we'll see if there's anything more of it. Uh, it. Honestly, if I'm New Japan, I'd sit on that for a little bit and maybe try to run him back up around Dominion time or hell, put him in for Wrestle Destiny so we can watch him go for the double titles in front of the same crowd that saw him lose the uh, IC title to Naito. You know, like that that could be really fun. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, we'll be there for it one way or another. Hopefully, uh, you know, I hope the show does well. Yeah. Um, hopefully we don't buy tickets expensively early on and then find out they're selling them for five bucks day of the show. Yeah, no, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make sure we get our Amtrak tickets first. Yeah. And then we're going to see how that ticket sale goes. Now, Chris, <laughs> I think really the important part of everything here is, and you promised me you wouldn't edit this out, is it's time we break down the first two days of XFL action. I've got everything written out here. And- the Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. Skeezy Larry Productions, in association with the Secret Keepers Foundation, presents World Pervert Wrestling's Dinomania. You'll shiver beneath the covers as you watch the Creeper meet Uncle Larry in an Innocence on a Pole match. I got a huge bag of candy for ya. Dinomania. Get ready to reach for your pepper spray as the WPW tag team belts are on the line when the Mountain Men take on the inappropriate siblings. Come on, show us yours first. <laughs> Dinomania. And in our main event of the night, have those restraining orders ready because Willie Windowless Van Thrust goes head to head with Rufy Rick. There you go, drink up. <laughs> Dinomania. World Pervert Wrestling's Diddlemania. Available on Craigslist Pay Per View and in Highway Rest Stops everywhere.